kum kan Welcome to the second season of Think Arctic, an award-winning podcast powered by GCI that explores the issues facing the Arctic and its stakeholders. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Holly Noland. In this episode, we speak with Arctic Institute President and Managing Director, Victoria Herman, about the organization and its new content series that highlights women who live and work in the Arctic. Thank you for joining us, Victoria. What is the Arctic Institute and what is your role there? The Arctic Institute is a think and do tank with about 30 researchers across the circumpolar region. We're based in Washington, D.C., but our mission is to help shape policy for a more secure, a more just, and a more sustainable Arctic throughout the region. And we do that by pairing research with capacity building programs. Tell me a little bit about your background and and how really your passions and career path have led you to the Arctic Institute. When I first graduated from university, I moved to Washington, D.C. to work at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace as a junior fellow in the Climate and Energy Program. And while there, I worked in some of the biggest cities and their climate change policies, cities like Beijing, like New York, like Rio de Janeiro. And while that was really incredible to adapt these cities to the impacts we can no longer avoid and mitigate their greenhouse gas emissions, I realized that cities have quite a lot of resources and there are many rural or remote places around the globe that don't have access to the resources and technical expertise they need in an era of rapid climate change. So I moved from the most populated places in the world to the least populated place in the world, um, beginning my work in Canada as a Fulbright Scholar and then moving to obtain my PhD in the UK and now back to DC to lead the Arctic Institute. Wow, that that is a windy path, but definitely very related. So you know, the Arctic Institute has deep knowledge of, of many facets of the Arctic. So what would you say are some of the greatest challenges facing the Arctic right now? I think the umbrella greatest challenge for any individual issue that you see in the Arctic is climate change. Climate change is shifting the physical, the cultural, the socioeconomic landscape upon which any other challenge exists. If you think of how to create a sustainable and equitable economy for the 21st century in the Arctic to lower unemployment in remote villages, but also sustain these global connections between the Arctic and the rest of the world, you think of climate change, you think of melting ice. When you consider how you need to shift infrastructure to ensure that the 4 million people that call the Arctic home have access to clean water, to affordable energy. You think of climate change, both the need to transition to low carbon alternatives, and also the fact that the ground that all of this infrastructure is on is thawing beneath our towns. When you think of any issue about the Arctic, you always get back to the challenge of climate change. You know, what is the the role um, with the Arctic Institute right now in overcoming these challenges? What work are you guys doing um, to address this? We see ourselves as a network of young, more innovative thinkers that are approaching challenges like climate change and like creating a sustainable, equitable economy for the North 
through research and capacity building programs. We think that we both need to have rigorous qualitative research done so we understand these issues, but also need to have capacity building programs so we could put that research into action. Uh, one example of this type of work is a series of workshops that we led in 2017 around a low carbon transition and implementation of renewable energy systems in remote and rural communities across the Arctic. We did the background research of what types of renewable energy makes the most sense in different places in the Arctic, and then we convened amazing local champions in northern Canada, in Iceland, and in Denmark to talk about what the barriers on the ground were and how we could overcome those together. Wow, that, that's impressive. If there was a message that you could deliver um, about the Arctic to the general public, really people that um, maybe aren't familiar with the region, what, what would that message be? I think it's a, a tired and true message that many Arctic researchers say, and that is what happens in the Arctic doesn't stay in the Arctic. We tend to think of the Arctic as a place beyond what our experiences in Washington, D.C. or Toronto, but the Arctic is intimately connected to our life no matter where we are in the world. It is connected through our global climate system, it's connected through our global economy, and it's connected through the strong traditional knowledges that Arctic communities have to adapting to this rapid change that we're seeing throughout the globe. It's not just that we are connected to the North through these devastating extreme weather events, through the Arctic vortex and other weather patterns that we're seeing change. But it's also that we have to look to the North for the solutions for climate change. For every community that is facing climate challenges, you need to have climate solutions. And those solutions can come from the strong knowledges that have developed across the Arctic for the last millennia. So. The Arctic Institute has recently launched a series that features women who work and live in the Arctic. Can you tell us a little bit about that that new series? The Arctic Institute just started a series this winter in 2018 and 2019 called Breaking the Arctic's Ice Ceiling. And it's our contribution to this movement that has begun in recent years where women researchers, scientists, and local champions have begun to elevate their visibility, their voices from across the world. So organizations like Women in Polar Science, Plan A, 500 women scientists have begun to create these networks of women to share their experiences and create these peer-to-peer -peer exchanges. We're adding on top of that to highlight some of the particular stories that are happening in the North. Those stories include researchers, they include women working and living in the Arctic, and we expand between commentaries, articles, and multimedia posts. I love that title. What a, what a great title for a series. So what are some of the topics that will be discussed during the series? We have a wide variety of topics. We have many contributors who are natural scientists who come to this series through the lens of doing field work in the Arctic and the challenges of doing field work in a male-dominated field and a field that often requires you to be in more remote locations. But we also have human generated stories, stories like the one that I recently contributed. Some of my research focuses on climate change adaptation 
And in the past two years, I had the great opportunity to travel across the United States and U.S. territories, including the Arctic, to interview about 350 local leaders on what was impacting their communities today and what resources they needed to adapt to climate change. My contribution to breaking the Arctic's ice ceiling is one of my biggest takeaways from that experience. Through all of my travel across the U.S. and across Arctic Alaska, I realized that the face of climate change adaptation today in America is female. I met hundreds of women champions in communities across America that were doing everything they could to safeguard their communities, their cultures, their traditions from the impacts of climate change. And I think that really gets to one of the core takeaways from the series as a whole, that there are thousands of women champions across the Arctic that have not yet had an opportunity to raise their voice or to elevate the voices of other women. And we're hoping that this platform allows that to happen. That's great. And we um, here at the Think Arctic podcast are really excited um, to help share some of those stories. Um, we'll be featuring a number of the women um, that you guys are profiling in upcoming episodes. If your if, if our listeners have a relevant story that they want to submit or um, get involved, how, how can they reach you? We are very much looking for more contributors. We want to elevate as many voices and as many stories as possible. If you think that you have a story of voice that could be part of this series, you can go to our website at www thearcticinstitute.org and go to our submissions page under contact us. There you'll see a form where you just have to fill out your name, email address, and the pitch and we'll get back to you. Well, thank you so much, Victoria. Is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know? I would encourage listeners to not stop at reading Breaking the Arctic's Ice Ceiling on the Arctic Institute's website, but look for other organizations that are elevating voices that have not yet been part of the Arctic's narrative. Organizations like Plan A, like Women in Polar Science, and Polar Pride that are just starting to create amazing platforms that are sharing more stories. Well, thanks again, Victoria. We really appreciate you joining us. And thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of Think Arctic. Stay tuned in the weeks to come as we interview women featured in the Arctic Institute series, Breaking the Arctic's Ice Ceiling. As always, you can find our regular podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spreaker. And if you enjoy what you hear, please like, review, and share our podcast. Until next time.